0: Thank you for choosing this Dream Centre podcast. Don't forget to subscribe for further updates. As we said, Happy New Year. We're coming to 2013. 2013, if we lay hold of it spiritually, actually began in November. That was the word that God had brought and advanced the season to us. The year had moved forward. It's great when we say, which calendar do you work to? I work to God's. Our work to God, he says, November is the start of 2013. So what it actually means is we have 13 months to get it right this year. Yeah. Amen. We've got an extra month. He knew that over Christmas period, people are eating too many mince pies and having too many late nights and watching all those DVDs you got for presents. And so you won't be pressing in that much. But we come to an extra month. You see, we're in a defining year and a defining season. We're in an extremely defining moment. This year will be a year that defines us as a house and you as an individual. This is not just something where we go, we're into a new year. Phil, you better say something that's going to just help inspire us, keep us on the page. No, guys, I'm going to tell you something this morning. One that should rattle you and two should excite you. See, each year we have an unfolding word that comes to us. Last year, the word that God was releasing to us was high visibility, maximum impact. Has that finished? It's continuing. And then God adds to that. And as he begins to add to that, as we have high visibility, maximum impact, this year we step into the time of God. This is the year of acceleration. Oh, you'll need some convincing on this one, right? We'll do some spade work. It has to be a time of no hindrance, no delay, no baggage. Because as we're hitting visibility and impact, and as we start acceleration, if there are things in our lives that's going to hold us back, it gets defined even more as the pace starts to increase. I'll make clarity of the statement later that I'm going to make now. God knows what he's doing. So when he declares to us that he did in September and October, that we will pass through the Valley of Baca, there's a reason he tells you. There is a reason that God has declared to us that you need to be able to apply and grow in your life a sustaining grace. You will pass through the valley of Baca, you will need a sustaining grace. We come to the next word, is, and there will be none sick in Zion. And for Zion's sake, as the scripture says there, in Isaiah 62 verse 1, for Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. God is looking to establish Zion in you and I. Again, I don't need to go over it. Pastor Tony has already covered all of these elements. We are not Zionists. We are not looking to have our peace of Israel. God is looking to say, I establish my heart, my house, my temple in Zion. And my Zion, uh, Zion temple is my church. You as individuals. If you're going to say that's a definition of a Zionist, then I'm a Zionist. But Zion is being established. Amen. The word that comes to us. That uh, Pastor Tony brought before um, we had Carol's celebration the week before. He celebrated so many things about that were so good for us last year as a house. Where we were bearing fruit. Where we were changing. Things that we could celebrate all in all. But you know there is a scripture in Matthew 8 and verse 18. Which is going to be our launching point this morning. Speaking of Jesus it said, When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross over... And go to the other side of the lake. Jesus gave orders to cross over and go to the other side. The word that comes to us this year in our year of acceleration is it's time to cross over. We're crossing over. We are not keeping our same um, geographical location. We are because we're here in the Dream Center. But spiritually, we're moving out. Amen. Amen. There are things that we could celebrate last year, and just a few of them. We celebrated that there was a greater intimacy that was being found, not only in our worship times, but you and as individuals. In our times of building the Spirit, in our breakthrough nights, people were encountering God in a way that they'd never encountered God before. Well, we found that three people were encountering God in a way that they'd not before. The intimacy was increasing. People were finding him. We're not only finding about him, we're starting to know him. We saw greater levels of creativity. Creativity, whether it be in the new songs that were being uh, brought forward, even if it be Dave dressed as a Christmas turkey, whatever it was, levels of creativity came to the fore again last year and we celebrated it. We saw greater resources being brought into the house. And I'm not just talking about that there was levels of greater finance. Resources of, there was manuals written. There was training aids brought forth. That we saw kids' church start to change. We saw the creche starting to change, little dreamers. We saw resources brought into the youth. And we saw resources for the women. We saw resources brought online with Man Up. All of this came online last year. Up till January of last year, these things didn't exist. But God, as he's changing us as a house, we've been able to take hold of it and start to move forward. And I'm sure you've seen the blessings of that in your own lives as you started to apply those truths. We've seen over the last 12 months, greater revelation and understanding. Not only only in our own lives, in our quiet times as we're pressing in, as the spirit has started to reveal to us more and more. I don't know about you. I can say it this morning because he's not here. I've seen a change in Pastor Tony over the last 12 months with understanding, a sharpness, and moving in the spirit in a different way. Guess what? When he changes, we change. It's not a case of who does he think he is, and we fold our arms, look at him, know all there, he's got a new scripture. It's not. We learn together, we grow together, and we push in. As the word starts to unfold, as God starts to speak to us in a new way as a house. We've got to remember that we moved a long time ago that church was about you and about me. It's not. It's about we. We move from I to we. That we're starting to see the coming online of the one body principle. We're seeing that we're moving as the strength of one man. As hearts and lives are being joined together. As God is almost dovetailing us in in that special way in the spirit. Lives are starting to be strengthened. Relationships are starting to be formed. Now, let me tell you something about relationships. Because we all go, I love relationships. And I love it. I'm just relational. Do you know what the Bible says about relationships? As iron sharpens iron, so sharpen one another. Which means if we're pushing into the level of relationship where he's taking us, there will be sparks. So that is not a time to be offended. That's not the time to... um, Take home your bat and ball and say, that's it, I'm on my own. Relationships are being formed. Even in a business sense, you know, they tell you that there are different levels of, of relationship. They say there is the norming. We come into a relationship and we like each other. There is the storming. That's when you have a bit of a row. There is the norming, storming, performing, when you start to get it right. And then there is the, the forming. You've got the for, no, forming. Norming, forming, storming and performing. The four levels of relationship. So even in a worldly setting, they don't say that everything's alright every day. And we all love each other. And I look you in the eye and say, Jenny, I love you with the love of the Lord. But if you turn around, I'm going to stab you. You know, <laughs> Because there's times in our lives, isn't there, when people rub us up the wrong way. But I can assure you, as we step into this new year, relationship has to be closer and sharper than it's ever been before. Because as we press forward, I need to know that you've got my back. And you need to know that I've got yours. You know, if it was you who was sick this morning, you'd want me to be able to press with everything I've got. To press into God to say, my God, Father, let them come through. Would you not? That's what I should rely on in you. That when it's me and I'm sick and you're in strength, you can push into God. you mind of the preceding word. We hold each other. We, we lay hold of that grace and we start to press. Another great issue that came up of last year is that there is a new coat and a new scepter that was being placed into the house and into the man of God, which was Tony at that time. I have seen Pastor Tony have a great year. You know, do you know why I can say this, don't you? I can say it, one, because I'm an elder, two, because I'm his friend, three, because he's my pastor, and four, outside of his wife, there isn't that many of you who have known him as long as I have. I've known him since I was five years of age, so that's nearly 20 years I've known Tony. Okay, all right. (laughs) But when that word came from several sources about a new coat, the word came was how uncomfortable it will be. And those who know him, those who Pastor Tony does life with at that level, will see how uncomfortable he's been with this new coat. As God starts to push and change and speak and demand, it's all the things in him. In his own self of where he's trying to find that position of going, God, what are you doing? What are you saying? Because as he advances as the man, we advance. If he messes up, we mess up. It's the two sides, yeah? We're not in a position of having something delayed, but we see things move forward. We saw the fantastic treasure trove. We saw the lid lifted. And we've started to see what was in it come out. Now, all I know is this. I've already told you that I don't do maths well. Let me also tell you, I'm very simple in my kind of thinking. Anybody who knows you will always tell you, I'm quite simple in my thinking. (laughs) In more ways than one. But what I know is this. Is that when God releases a gift to the gift centre, it wasn't to Tony. It was to the dream centre that he released it. And he said, I will send two warrior angels to make sure it gets from A to B. What's in that box is important. He didn't say, stick this as part of your duty free. Can you get it in the little baggage hole above your head when you sat on the seat? He said, I released two warrior angels to get it from there to there. You prophetically release it and activate it, which we did in the building in the spirit night, did we not? And we take that lid off and God says, now test me in this and watch what will come forward. We have only seen a snippet of what God's got in store for us, amen? I tell you, it's exciting days. I, at Christmas, you see, there was, um, Dan was telling us that Nicola's brother, they went they went to their house on Christmas morning, and he's only, what is he, seven, inch, seven seven years of age? He had this pile of presents, and he never opened a present. What he did was grab some paper and rip it enough to see what was in the parcel, push it to one side, and then grab the next one. So what he did was like, went, rip, yes, rip, action man, oh, yeah. And he ripped down all the line until everything was ripped, and then he went back and opened the box that he thought was going to be the most important. Yeah? Now for you and I, I want to throw open the lid, have a look inside and say, right, I love that, I want one of them, give me three of these. God says he will release it to us, one, as he trusts us, and secondly, as it's time and season are needed. Amen? Because if we take last year, what was happened, if I take it from A to B, January through to November, which was our new year, God was building you. He was strengthening you. He was forming you. He was cl- uh, causing his relationship to be established more and more in you. And in that, what we saw is this ability, again, to celebrate that there is the graces that's on each other's lives we one recognize and to celebrate. When people move in an area of grace that God is establishing, then we should acknowledge that and never be afraid of it. We are not in competition. We are not jockeying for position. We're not people who are looking to climb some kind of social or work-based ladder that who can get to the top the quickest and push everybody else down on the way. It's not we strengthen each other. You pull me up, I pull you up. Should that not be our culture? And we recognize a grace that when you're better at it than me, you do it. I don't need to be continually seen. I don't need to be the one that goes, yes, I'd just like to thank everybody for wonderful, how great Phil was this morning. He uh, put the heating on, he fixed it. The heating was broke this morning. I did fix it. I didn't have a spanner. Actually, it took me four goes it, trying to fix it. But I fixed it. It came through, so it's now warm for you. It was cold when you came in. But I don't, I don't need credit for that this morning. Oh, thanks. <laughs> not getting it anyway, am I? There we are. No, 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 no glory, thanks. Now, here's here's the point, you see, when grace is being established in each other's lives and we see you rising, we celebrate it. You know, there I have something that I think Pastor Tony's mentioned it in the past. It was one of the things that popped up. We have a different word for it and Andy being smart, I'll know what this word is. But in Australia, they call it the tall poppy syndrome. And the tall poppy syndrome is this. In Australia, remember Australians are only us and the paddies sent out there in the first place. You know that, don't you? Yeah? Australia was Britain's biggest open-air prison. Yeah? So Australia there are really us. So they've got the very kind of same culture as us, but then they also had a prison mentality that caused them to think slightly deeper than we do. Yeah? The tall poppy syndrome, and this comes from... Uh, Pastor Peter's told us this, and some of the Australian pastors, when we've been involved around the Isaac Network, is that when somebody starts to rise, as you rise, everybody celebrates, until you get slightly taller than everybody else, then it's everybody's job to chop you and bring you back down to to your level, that nobody can rise. You know, it's also said of the French. The French are meant to be a people that says, we need a leader. It's not going to be me, and it can't be you. But we recognise there has to be a leader, but I don't want the job. What do I want a job for? All that hassle of being the leader, I don't want it. Davy goes, I'll be the leader. You're not being the leader. <laughs> what are you being the leader for? Why can't I be the leader? Well, you don't want the job? Well, it's not whether I want the job. <laughs> what do you want to be the, the leader for? If I don't want to be the leader, why should you want to be the leader? The mentalities that come around can be so easily established, carried from outside, and brought into the church as well. We establish the graces. We see graces established. We recognize and we celebrate. But we're going over to the other side, guys. He's calling us over. Now, it's good because we can say that that's wonderful. (laughs) But you've not got the rest of what I've got written down yet. Over the last few years, give you a little bit of a history lesson. In the last few years, we've been able to understand more of the nature, position, and purpose of the Dream Center. And the reason I say that we're able to understand it, oh, we can turn around and we can give you a mission statement, and we can give you our sta- statement of where we're going and our statement of purpose. And it's very, very simple. If somebody says to you, What is a Dream Center about? Simple. Fulfilling the purposes of God through everything we do. Is that right? Is that what we've declared for year on year? But the purpose of the house and our establishing of the house are different things. Do you realize there is a word that has been held back over this house for over a decade... Because of our position of arrogance that we took. Some of you have been around long enough. You, you may not remember the word, but you may be, remember the man. <clears throat> Over a decade ago, there's a guy who's classed as being apostolic in the UK. A guy called Alan Vincent. Came to the house one day, one Sunday morning. He came, he was brought in by Pastor Colin at the time. And one of the things he started to declare was the house was to rise as a governmental house. And he says, this house will determine its position in the spirit. It will either be a tree that shades others, or it will be a bush that needs its own covering. And at that time, as a house, we heard the word and went, that's us, we're governmental, we're a tree. But we step straight into, in ignorance, we step straight into a Joseph mentality that run around and told all its brothers, you must now bow down to... I had this vision of you all bowing down to me. Because God has declared, we're governmental in the area and you're not. So if you want to survive, you have to bring yourself under our covering. Now, I'll just have a look at my watch. (laughs) I can assure you it didn't happen. Because the governmental side was a position in the spirit rather than brothers bowing down to brothers. But for years, we carried that thing and arrogance almost without knowing it. You puff your chest out and go, oh yes, we're governmental, same side. You might have more people than me, but you know and I know that we're the boss. And that all was dictated and held us in the spirit. And do you realise that what happened? Do you know what God did to that leadership? He dismantled it completely. But what have we seen over the last two years established more and more? A governmental position in the spirit. Why do you think that Pastor Tony and us guys in leadership... Turn around and protect so much, even the language used in the house. Church with a difference. Not better, but different. We use language like that because as you're being established, you're not saying you're better than everybody else. Because we'd be stupid and foolish enough to think that there is only one house that God is speaking to. There are so many houses and men that are rising across the nation and across the city. God is joining hearts together. When we're governmental, we're finding a position that when we stand in the spirit and we start to declare, that is what we're starting to see. The crossing over is now the issue that starts to arise for us. Because if we are a governmental house, which I believe we are, It means that not just Pastor Tony, but you and I take a position to start advancing and moving forward. I believe this year, more and more, what is going to happen is that the church has almost been in stealth mode. That it's been invisible somewhere. You've just been this little bit invisible dream centre. What's being established in our building, in our spirits, what's happening in the worship, prophetically, what's being said, some of the words that are being released from this house, God is going to start going, oh, people have just noticed who you are. That is the time for our response to watch our own hearts. Because all of a sudden, that big brother, that I'm better than you mentality can so easily change with a little fame, a little fortune that somebody wants to say, oh, we came from another church because we heard what God was doing. Oh, we heard about the babies that have been turned around and transformed. We heard about the testimony of Lisa. We heard about Claire's mom and the cancer. We heard about, and as people hear about it, people want to encounter that kind of God. Your response and my response are what is going to be so key in this year. We've established, again, i have just given you some basic principles to give us all a kind of clarity point. What has been declared about the house? We've learned two things, well, more than two things over this year, but greater clarity. We found out about the church being a harbour, because that was the way that God described us, yes? Yeah. We were a harbour. We found out about the harbour master that there has to be somebody who's in charge of bringing boats in and out, setting people in position, that you don't just go into a harbour. You can't just go in with your ship into any harbour. You have to have permission to come in, and then to dock your boat, you have to report to the harbour master and say, I am here, that's it, I'm ready for service. You're in there, in the harbour, correct? We then turned around and said that we saw the creation of boats. All boats float. Is that something that we learned? We learned that all boats float. If we're in Christ, all your boats float. That as the water level changed, it didn't matter if you had a big boat, small boat, you bought your boat yesterday. It didn't make any difference. It didn't make, uh, matter if you had a galleon from Pirates of the Caribbean, or you had a one-man dinghy that you got from the pound shop. It didn't make any difference. Your boat floats when the water rises. So as the water rises, as we see people come into the house, they're already being brought in at a level that took you 10 years to get. But that's what we celebrate. But it's wonderful. We've been having this wonderful life in the harbour. We found out that not only were the boats being established, but God was calling crews into position. Hello. God was calling crews into position. Now, the great thing was, because, you know, there's us. We had, once upon a time, we had a thing that was called a wonderful shipping nation. That's what we were known for, wasn't we? We could fight everywhere, but also we had a great, I was going to call it an armada. It's not an armada. We had a great navy, didn't we? Our navy was absolutely superb. But when you start to do some of your history, you find out that some of those wonderful sailors we had, had a thing where they were called press ganged. Now, you know what press gang it is, don't you? Press ganging is, for those who maybe don't understand the word press ganged, meant that one night you were walking down the street, your missus said, Look, I've got some fish on. Why don't you go and get a bag of chips? She'd nip out, you'd nip out, get a bag of chips from the chippy. As you came out, somebody would hit you on the back of the head, knock you unconscious, and the next thing you knew, you were halfway across the English Channel or somewhere else, and they went, Well done, son, you have just joined the Navy. Hey? Eh? That was being press ganged. They did things like, they went to people who were drunk in the street, carried them, I'll oh, let me carry you home, you just have a new one. <laughs> they moved drunks, they would bang people on the head. They would just almost, um, do you remember Rallyvo as a kid? Where, you don't remember Rallyvo. Rallyvo never reached Glossop. <laughs> Rallyvo was the game where you'd have two gangs. You'd have the people being chased and you'd have the catchers. So what you do, you'd be there and you go Ralivo one two three and you'd leg it off, and people would run off, and it was the other jobs who was a catcher after grab you and they'd run up. So say I was chasing David, you run up and you grabbed him, and if you held on to him for three seconds and say Ralivo one two three, he then became a catcher. Yeah, you remember that now? Yeah. No, still. <laughs> You've got the wheel. Have you? Have you had the wheel, Glosser? Yeah, just check it. And so you did this stuff where literally what they would do, they would see a ship move into harbour and you would see the sailors get off and people would run because they knew they were going to be press ganged. They were short on men. People did, you didn't have a great life expectancy. There was also a bit of rickets. You had scurvy and all the stuff that was coming down. Who wanted to be a sailor? It wasn't all like Jack Sparrow. So people would rush and you'd run out and you grab people, put them on deck drag him in, kicking and screaming and say, that's it, you know, a sailor. You know that God never did that to any of us. He never hit you on the head. He didn't wait till you were asleep and then drag you in. You made the choice. You volunteered to be part of where he is going. Amen. Amen. We also found as well from the end of Isaiah that our rigging will not hang loose. We are people whose boats are ship shape and ready, ship shape and Bristol fashion. I haven't a clue what Bristol fashion is, but there you go. Wikipedia, when you go home, find out what Bristol fashion is. But what happens is, is that when we have a life in the harbour, this is what's happened to us. We found a place of safety. We found a place of security. We've been sheltered from the storms. It's a place of refuge. It's been a place where we've been strengthened. It's been a place where some of us have recuperated. And it's a place where we've been made ready for service. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. And now it's time to cross over. Mm -hmm. So open your Bibles with me, please, to Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. God has been establishing everything in the house and in you and I for one reason. It's time to leave the harbour. Matthew 8, starting at 23, says this. Then he got into his boat and his disciple followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, oh, you of little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. When he arrived at the other side in the region of the Gadareans, two demon-possessed men came from the tombs to meet him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come to torture us before our appointed time? There's that word again. Appointed time. This year, as God moves us out, as we start to move out of the harbour, let's declare one thing to you. Your boundaries are starting to be expanded. Boundaries of the house, boundaries as you as an individual. Fences are broken down. Things that have maybe held you in one position, God is giving us position, uh, permission to move is calling us from one side to the other. It's a season to grow. Oh, well. There might be some of you saying, I've been growing too much over Christmas, and so I want to try and reduce it. But this is our season to grow. Amen. Amen. Our capacity increases. Are you setting a level over your own life? Is there a ceiling being placed? Is it like the law of the lid or are we going all away? I would say, my God, what you've got for me, what you've got for this house, whatever it is, as we move out, I'm ready. I'm glad you are, because I don't feel ready. But I have to make the declaration, my God, what you've got in store for us this year, Lord, that's it. You can count on me. You know, Psalm 16:6 6 says this, you don't have to turn to it. It says, he sets my boundaries in a pleasant place. So it's God who establishes my boundaries in the first place. You know, it turns around, if you read scripture, it says so many times about where God established boundaries. He says to the sea, this far and no further. Yes? And you see the different places as the mountains grow, the space, star, everything has its place because God sets the boundaries. And in your life and in my life, the boundaries have been established in what he says is a pleasant or in another translation, in a good or safe place. God says, now I'm coming to the season where we can start to stretch you. You've been growing in this field, but now it's time for expansion. See, we love it and we declare, don't we, from Isaiah 40, uh, 54 verse 2, that we will enlarge the place of our tent. Because we love that bit. We love it when we say, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch forward your, your tent pegs, pull them wide. Have we not declared that year in, year out? Is that word True. That word is so true. We are seeing the house established. We're seeing our own families and we're seeing our lives established more and more. But yet God is saying in this time of expansion, your real estate, spiritual real estate is starting to grow. You might have felt like, well, this is it. Is there any more? I've reached all that I can be in God. No. No. They may have told us, you may have thought that, but guess what? God says, there is more and more. We're going to pour out, we're going to pour out greater clarity, greater vision, greater intimacy as you tap in, clarity in the word, clarity in your prophetic scene and visions as you start to lay up hold of him. And again, we use a scripture from Isaiah thirty-three twenty. it says this, Look on Zion, the city of our festivals. Your eyes will see Jerusalem, a peaceful opode. a abode." abode a tent that will not be moved this is what God says about uh, about Zion it has a tent that will not be moved its stakes will never be pulled up when God establishes you it doesn't matter what happens in the environment or around you when he establishes you you're established And as we're established more and more, he says, right, now we get that peg and we pull it wider. We get it, your capacity increases. You know, when we talk about here, about your tent, you realise that by the time we get to the New Testament, God describes this as the tent. And he says this, the capacity to hold him, the capacity to walk with him, gets bigger and bigger. Amen. I can be so excited about having the little I've got. Or God says, like the treasure trove, you ain't seen nothing yet. And it gets wider and wider. But please, it's not for the few. It's not for the special one. It's for every single one of us who lay hold of him, say yes to his preceding word, take hold of what he's, he's saying into our lives, and move forward with application. Because anybody can hear the word. Because if a man just hears the word, the scripture says that he deceives himself. We have to be hearers and are we going to be doers of the word this year? Yes. We're corporate doers. We're individual doers. Amen. We're busy getting on with his business. The grace is in the house this year to break past personal limitations. Personal limitations are broken in the house this year. Now it comes in three areas. It comes to the man of the house. It comes to you as an individual. And it comes to us corporately. Three dimensions how that word starts to work out. Let's start with the first one. Like I said, I can make some statements this morning. One, because Pastor Tony's not here. And two, because he'd never say it in the first place. But I don't care. I can say it. So if you want to fight after, it's all right. Come and have a fight. Okay, I'm ready for a wrestle. I've not had a wrestle all Christmas, so I'm ready now. As we see the house advance and change, I prophesy to you now, write it down, put your date in your diary, the role of Pastor Tony, how we see him in this house, is and will change. Is he still your pastor? Did anything change in that area? Are you going to be taken care of? Are you still going to be loved, nurtured and covered? Is he still going to bring you the word? Will he still sing occasionally? (laughs) All of these things, these things don't establish the house is safe. But I can tell you because I've observed what God has been saying and where things are going... That the demands on Pastor Tony's life will be greater in the days to come than what we've seen in the past. Which means when there's an invitation to go here, when I'm called to do a conference there, when we're asked to help establish another house here in this nation or here in our own, the demands on Pastor Tony will become greater. His role starts to change. That's why you and I can't act like spoiled children. If he can't be here, he can't be here. But are you going to be safe? Are you going to be cared for? Is the word going to be brought? Are we still going to be in a good place? Are we going to advance it or are we going to hold the fort? Oh, so we've broke the mentality then that we're not we're not just sitting in for Pastor Tony this morning, no? So we're, we're trying to that's the kingdom amen you know and i've said to you before uh, i think not last time i preached all the time before i tried to explain very very quickly because the way that the sunday morning had gone when we look and we recognize graces pastor tony has a grace to hold something in the spirit that if this is not working it can seem to get up some mornings and go goosey goosey gander bread and butter pudding and something works Amen. This fellow here, Paul, might be working his tripe off, trying to get to the same place and not get it. But somebody steps forward with a grace and says, this is what God's saying this morning. And God comes in. We can't be like the children of Israel when Moses disappeared up the mountain. Who busied themselves trying to get at the same results he got and messed it up completely. If it takes two of us or three of us working together with the grace that I have, that Paul has, that, that Pat has, that Claire has, that Andy has, that David has, that David has, that Jane and Delma have. That any of us working together can say goosey goosey gander and bring in the same result. We're still looking to bring him in. If Pastor Tony's not here, the job will still get It'll get done well and the kingdom will be advanced. Amen. We're the ones, if we don't watch it, we'll set limitations on him, limitations on us, and limitations on the house. Because we have to be careful of that tall, poppy syndrome. When we start to say things like, where's Pastor Tony? Oh, he's not here this week. Well, hang on a minute, I pay his wages. Says who? You have to be careful what rises in your own heart. And the reason, I wrote three statements down. And the reason I wrote these three statements down, because there are three statements that people in this congregation have said to me over the years. They might not all be here now, so don't worry, I might not be talking to you. But it's been brought to us as an eldership, and people said, I pay his wages, I expect him to be here when I want him. (laughs) I can assure you one thing, Pastor Tony's here, the person who made the statement isn't. Next statement. Just say, for instance, there's David. Sorry, David, you shouldn't have sat near the front. There's David. He phones up. And he says, uh, I need some counselling. I need some help. I'll go, yeah, uh, uh, it's okay. We're just going to send Andy around. Andy will be around tonight. He'll be with you. will talk with you through some stuff. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I talked to the pastor or no one. Says who? Attitude again. Because do you know why? Do you know why we make those statements? We think it's a return on service. You serve me. You realize that the five-fold ministry, the gift to the body of Christ, yes, it's not, guess what, we get to benefit from that, but it's a gift to the body of Christ, that when you see, even if you go to the Old Testament, you are a priest of God, yes. and then the people. Yes. We as people say, hang on a minute, customer service, I've just phoned the helpline. I phone a helpline, expect it to be picked up on three rings or else. Yeah? And I step forward, and in this customer service environment that we've got, I deal with you. I don't deal with anybody else. Don't be sending the, uh, the monkey. I want the organ grinder. If our lives are changing, if we're carrying the same God, if we're walking under the same preceding word, if Pastor Tony ever sends anybody to see you, it's because they're good enough to do the job. It's because they're trusted and they are released. Don't be looking at yourself and going, Well, Pastor Tony never came and saw me. Do you remember what Pastor Tony said about you being ill? You don't want to be so ill that he has to turn up. He says, You don't want to be that ill that you see me at the end of your bed. Because then it's a case of, you know, where are you going? All of us, we carry the same spirit. We carry the same nature. We carry the DNA of the dream center. Amen. So as we move forward in that. The other point is this. When I said to you before. Again, from personal observation, from personal life, from being, pushing and pulling. Some things I won't share with you because it's not the place for it. But I'll tell you this. Again, I said there's some things that I can say because he's not here this morning. And secondly, because he'll never say it himself. The internal pressure in a man or woman to rise in God and fulfill the word that God is speaking over them is a massive pressure. It's an internal pressure. And why it's an internal pressure is because you have to fight every demon Every madman in your own attic, deal with your own ego, deal with your failings, deal with your insecurities. Because if you take, here's Pastor Tony, he's like, Pastor Tony, the Tishbite, because where's Drolsdon? Who knows? Nobody even knows it. it exists on the map. You're here and he says, you're a man who's going to go to the city. Who knows him? Who knows him? You don't, uh, does anybody know Tony Higginson outside of that door? Well, unless he's been on crime watch around here, well, probably not. They don't know you. And when God says, I'm starting to change your stature to be able to move towards the city, all that turmoil that goes in you, what if I heard wrong? What if it's about me? What if I mess it up when it comes? How do you make friends? What about relationships? How do you grow it? How do you make it work? What if I mess it up? All of those pressures are things that, the person that stands here or the one that is the man of God in the house here, Pastor Tony, they're the things that they never share with you. Because when they stand here, it's God's good. Yes, he is. And he's good all the time. Yes, he is. And we turn around and say, there's hope. We're going to the city. We're pressing in. What a great year. And all the time, everything that's journeying around in you of going What if I mess it up? What if the timing's wrong? What if I delay it too long? What if he says February the 1st and I go in March, does it all still work? All of these things are what drives you and pushes you continually. What he doesn't need is to have a bunch of immature people, which we're not, going, you better be on the end of the phone. If I say I want an appointment on Thursday, you better be available. Right. I want to see you phone your doctor and say, I want an appointment on Thursday at 11 o'clock. I'm sorry, we've got one on uh, a week on Monday. All right. Well, the week on Monday will do. You know, there's demands that we place because as a smaller house, we always have access to Pastor Tony, don't we? So, as a smaller house, we go. Yeah, I'll just catch him on the way out. Grab him in the coffee shop. Can I see you on Wednesday? You want to come to mine for a brew, or whatever we do, we catch up in different environments. But as the house changes and he changes, the role dictates that things are different. Have I just stuck him on an ivory tower or on a block? I'm not. I'm just trying to tell you how progression comes. That if there's a hundred people, there's a hundred to one chance of you getting hold of Passatoni. Correct. I said it was rubbish at maths, so there's 100 of you. You've got 100 to 1 chance of catching him before the 99 people catch him before you, correct? And we've all had the queue scenario, haven't we? Pass uh, Pastor Tony, it'll just be a minute. I'll just wait for it. Claire's just speaking to him about that. And Davey's just arranging his time at the gym. Yeah, and uh, Elijah wanted a game of golf. And what if you have all lined up here because you're catching him? And you go, well, that's been 20 minutes. I'll try and catch him before he gets to his car. What happens when that's 250, 300, 400 people? What happens if these two or three houses that come together that's starting to be the covering on something? Go, oh, excuse me, I think I just have access anytime I want. You don't, it's practicality in many of these things. I didn't just stick him on a box and say he's some superhero. He's got this special force field around him and bodyguards that you can't get near. I'm just telling you, as things change, change. We celebrate, we recognise grace, recognise what God's doing and we move on. You know, as we see God, because we said about breaking the limitations and boundaries being pushed, corporately as a house, this is a place where as God establishes more and more of Zion and what he wants to do, that his presence wants to dwell here. God doesn't want to visit, he wants to make this his home. Now you realize that if he wants to make this his home, there are house rules. You can't approach any way you want to. You can't come in with all your garbage, try and drop it at the door before you come through and say, I'll put it all right in worship. No. As God starts to make this his place, the presence of God is held. You know, we start to feel the the vibrancy and the urgency of the spirit. Our lives have to be coming into alignment. It was safe in the harbour. Because in the harbour, you were made to feel secure. In the harbour, you were being fixed. In the harbour, you learnt that your boat floated. In the harbour, you were trained to put the sails up. But we're moving into deep waters to go to the other side. And in that, we'll be tested in certain areas. So as we're being tested, and as things are being developed and changed for us, the success is there, but the journey might be a bit tough. Let's form our formative statement. We'll go back to the beginning. You will pass through the valley of Baca. Yeah. There are graces that you need to see established in your own life and recognized. We are pushing through to seeing Zion established. Okay? Shall I, shall I give you Phil's, if I was writing my Phil's version of the Bible. So we had the book of Phil, verse 1 would be, And there will be tears before bedtime. There will be tears before bedtime. We are crossing over to a place of success. But if we feel that the enemy will just go, (laughs) Zion's being established, healing, people's lives saved and transformed, just go and help yourself, lads. In you go, go on, knock yourself out. Do you think he's going to do that? We are seeing the last pangs of an enemy fighting tooth and nail for the bit of ground that you already had. You see, there's something about... A spiritual position. We see it in this story and you see it elsewhere in the Bible. I'll let you do some of your own research. The two demon-possessed men in Gadarene said this. Have you come to torment us before our appointed time? They knew that something was coming. They just didn't know when. They kind of went, I thought I had more days left than this. Before the kingdom was advanced. Because of what God has been establishing in the spirit, what has been declared over the house and over you as individuals... Over the last five years, the enemy knows that something's going to happen. Egypt, children of Israel come out, they cross the Red Sea, the sea closes on the Egyptians, they all die, blah, blah, blah. 40 years in the wilderness, all going round. They come to Jericho, and what is the declaration? We heard what you did to the Egyptians. And we knew you are coming this way. For 40 years, we've been waiting for you to bring online what was supposed to be brought online. Now, remember, we're declaring this now. But step back like Scrooge in time. Christmas is past to over a decade. You are a governmental house. It's already had its delay. And God says in the year of acceleration, we're stepping into something. As we're stepping in, what we got away with 12 months ago, God won't let us get away with now. Sharper lives, laying hold of him, touching him in our worship. You know, it should be, you know, the wonderful times. I love, you know, I'm not a, a, a musician. I was going to say something else then. I was going to say singer, but I thought, no, you are You know, I'm not a musician. But I know that when we can step in, we hit that first song and go, and we just touched heaven. Why can't we do that every week? Because it's not reliant on them. It's unreliant on our response, how we come in, how our lives are prepped and ready. We're prayed up, we're full of faith, we're ready to go. When we get here, it says, and they will encounter him in Zion. It's about an encounter. We don't come to a church meeting, we come to encounter God. So if we don't encounter God, where did you mess up? Because I've got to ask my own self every day. I can't be here going, Lord, I just want to pray about the heart of Nick. Oh, was Nick's heart right this morning? David was David's heart right this morning. He seemed a bit quiet. I couldn't hear him singing. No, God, where am I this morning? But take responsibility for yourself. Yeah, and if you take responsibility for you, I take responsibility for me, well, I'll start to increase. Amen? But already, God is moving in the spirit atmosphere. He's moving. He's touching lives I tell you now because this is what I believe, this is what I understand, this is what I perceived. Already, there are those who maybe not who didn't come to this house, but have been backslidden, have been away from God, that God is starting to pull on already. And they're starting to hear a frequency, something's starting to happen in the spirit. Where they're going to be looking for a place, it says, where can I find the place? Where can I encounter God? Where is the place that I can make home again? You know, the problem is I love the story of the prodigal son. Do you love the story of the prodigal son? Yeah, because I always thought I'd use that as some kind of excuse for me about the way my life's been in the past. Oh, well, that was it. I didn't spend all my money on uh, harlots and drink, by the way. So it was like the prodigal son. He went out He did whatever he did and then decided when he was in his mess, I'll return back to my father's house. The issues that come about are this. There are two prodigals and not one. The prodigal son who left with his inheritance and blew it all, all in smokies, blew all his money in smokies, wine, women, and song. You had the other prodigal who was sat in the house and did nothing. It's a story of two people who got it wrong, not one. But the issue was this. When the heart returned, the father was looking for him, looked out of his window every day, waiting for the son to return, Puts the robe on his back, ring on his finger. He says this, what does he declare? Lord, I want to be a servant in your house. And he says, you never come as a servant, you come as a son. Because remember something, this is a great principle always to build in your life. You never approach God on your terms. I will be but a servant. Shut your face, you're a son. Drags him in, kicking and screaming. Repositions him in a position he didn't deserve. The problem when sons come back to the house is never the father. It's the rest of you. Because if people have been here, we've known before, I know what it's like to have walked away from church and know how difficult it is to walk back through the same door you walked out of. And when people do that and they step through that door, that one step is not a time when they walk through there to go, what are you smoking for? What are you swearing for? What are you doing that for? We jump on them and try to give them this pile of law that makes them tr- feel justified for stepping back in. You can't pay a price to be here. We've left the harbour now. No, when God calls people in, we call them in. They will get cleaned up en route. Some of that job will be your job, Priscilla's and Aquila's. Can the Priscilla's and Aquila's give us an amen? Amen. As we step, we see people established. They're cleaned up en route. But just remember, the hardest thing to do is walk through that door for the first time. What they don't want is super righteous you, Pharisee state as you are, there in your whitewashed sepulchre, throwing them back out into the car park. If God called them in, God can clean them up. Amen. It's not your job or my job to go, he's past it. No chance. He's still a rebel. He's, He's come back the same way he left. If he comes back the same way he leaves... God's going to do a work on them, is he not? So we pull it through. Individually, you're going to rise this year. Individually, you're going to rise. There's going to be greater opportunities, greater levels of revelation, greater levels of understanding. Let me prophesy this to you in Jesus' name this morning. You will stop bumping into Jesus and you'll start to know him. One of the stories that grabs me more than ever is the woman with the issue. And don't worry, fellas, it's not just the women who have an issue. You have an issue as well. But when she was in the crowd and she pushed through and said and declared, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. She reaches through a crowd. She pushed it in her weakened state. immune. immune, immune what's the word when you've got no iron? Anemic. Anemic. Thank you, Dawn. When she's in an anemic state, she pushes through, she touches him, healed. And Jesus declares, who touched me? What was the response of the disciples? Are you having a laugh? Phil's translation. Are you having a laugh? Everybody's bumping, touching you. Yes, but I know that goodness left me. Are you going to bump into him all day long? Or have you got to the kind of place where when you've touched him, you draw something from him and he knows you encountered him? That is what is on your radar for this year. Amen. We're pulling forward and it tells us in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 1, it says this. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will appear. I'm going to skip right through because there's so much you should say and I could say, but I won't. But I'll tell you this. The reason I say to you before about knowing about the Valley of Baca, about the graces that comes, take one part of the story. The story is this. This is what really what I felt the Lord wanted me to maybe labor with you this morning, but I'm not. I'm going to leave this with you and you can take it into your own quiet time. And suddenly a great storm overtook them. Guys, it's not all going to be plain sailing this year. We are going to the other side. When we get there, the enemy's already prepared for what's coming down. He knows that you're on your way, and there's new territory we're going to cross into. But in that boat that he's been fixing, in that rigging, which he made secure, when he made sure that you were volunteers and not press ganged, when he built you, when he strengthened you, now's the time to find out that when the storms of life approach your boat, will you stay or will you bail? I don't want to be somebody who brings a, oh, here he is, bringing guidings of of ill will. Guys, I'm telling you, this year we will be tested and pressed. Relationships, marriages, finance, our own hearts and motives. Things are going to be pressed this year. Sickness, the area of health and different things. There's going to be stuff that as the storm comes, where are you going to be? The disciples turn round and they says that in the scripture there from Matthew, they arose and they woke Jesus and they said, are you going to let us die? Why? Because we don't know where we're positioned. But the truth is this. What Jesus is in, the enemy can't take out. As long as you're in the boat with him, it might be a rocky ride, but you'll come to the other side. It's not the time for a Titanic. It's not the time for a bailout. It's not the time for break out the life jackets. Everything's okay. The scriptures tell us, don't they, the parable of the wise and foolish builders? One built his house on the rock, one on the sand. What came to them both? Your windows might rattle. There might be rain pushed under your door. You might feel like there's a bit of a draft in here. Guess what? The storm will come. But Jesus is in the boat. It's called us out of the harbour, out of its security, out of its place of everything's protected from the elements. We're playing in big boy water. But as we move to the big boy water, you know what's awesome? You know what Psalm says? Psalm says, and those who go to the deep will see the wonders of the Lord. We are going into deep waters. we have passed through deep waters to get to the other side. We have a territory where the enemy's going to start backing up. But if we just think, wind's picking up. It's getting a bit choppy. we better stay in the harbour. It's not what he's calling us to do. Don't allow past successes. Don't allow the things that we looked at last year. Went, oh, we had a great time in building in the spirit. We had a great time in this. Wasn't it wonderful? Oh, did you see Dave the chicken? All of those things are great. But we're moving through to his word. His word has called us out of the harbour. It's a time to cross over. We're crossing over to a new place, to a new time, into a new dimension, into new things in him. All of it, see the word, new, new, new. What's it like, Phil? I don't know, because it's new. I'll tell you when I've tested it. But we're moving out. I know that he's faithful. I know that he's good. And I know that if he's held us to this place, and he says, don't worry, we can move out. It might get choppy. Don't worry, I'm not surprised about the waves. When it comes, don't worry, stay in the boat. Everything's okay. We'll come through the other side. Because it's a word that we forget. My grace is sufficient for you. And if you feel like there's a time that you want to bail, if you feel like the waves have got too high, the winds come in, the storm is just pressing us too much, guess what we've still got in our arsenal? And he rebuked the winds and the waves and they were amazed and said, who is this man? Great revelations of who he is. Even in the times when you're pressed this year, you will find him in a greater way. Because if anything, if I speak of my own experience, and this I'll close, is that I don't always give him the glory and the honor when it's working right. Because that's when I'm just on a roll. That's when I kind of think, I'm on it. I've got it all going. I'm making right decisions. It's all going good. There's no clouds in my sky. It's all working. That's not when I necessarily know God. Because I kind of touch base as and when I need to. It's amazing when your back's against the wall, how much you cry out for him. That when it's all working great and you went, hang man, I didn't pray this week. I was going to pray. Now, I did put it in my iCal to pray on Tuesday, but something happened and I didn't get to it, so I'll get to it later. When we're pressed, we find him more and more because we're crossing over. But it's a great year because it's our year of acceleration. It's your year of acceleration. Amen. Come on, church, let's stand to our feet. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information,